gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. For they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that you would place your words in my mouth, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would give us open ears and open hearts, that we might receive you, and that you might do mighty things in us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. morning. It is so good to see you all today. Happy New Year's. I am so proud of you all, too. Right? Because you made it a priority to be here at church today. Way to go. And... And you look all bright-eyed and everything, too, so I'm very happy for you all. (laughs) So uh, in the good old U.S. of A., uh, what do we do when a baby is born to make it official, right, that something has actually happened? What does the government do, or what is the hospital issue? A birth certificate, that's right. And what does the birth certificate say on it? Name, that's right, absolutely. And, and what does the uh, United States birth certificate convey to you? Like, what does it mean you are a part of? Yeah, you are a part of this great nation, right? It gives you not only your name and your heredity, but also your citizenship, right? You are a part of this place. Something special is conveyed in that, in that birth certificate. I brought a copy of one I found online. This person is deceased, unfortunately, but I couldn't find... Mine, uh, in my house, I looked all over for it, and I wanted to so badly because mine has my name crossed out on it. I was born in New Orleans, right, and that's kind of how they do things around there. Uh, my parents changed my name part, I don't know when, sometime early in my life, and so my first name, my original name is crossed out, and then my real name is written on top of it. So, what's that? What was my original name? Uh, it was Zechariah Allen Kellerman. So, uh, and then they crossed it out and changed it to Alan Seth Kellerman. So, I don't know. But that's the South, right? They don't just issue a new one. They just say, ah, we'll just cross this thing out and put it on there. You know, no big deal. It's kind of good old boy system. 
Now, the birth certificate, right, it conveys that, that sense of identity, right? It's got your name on it, and you use it to get all kinds of things in this world, right? You use it as a supporting document, and it opens up doors for you. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing, because in a birth certificate, naming and nationality come together, right? Your identity, your name, comes together with where your citizenship lies as well. That's how we do it today. But 2,000 years ago, things operated differently. In our gospel passage, we see this different model happening. So in the gospel of Luke, we have the account of the visit of the shepherds. And then uh, at the end of that great and glorious story, we have this kind of throwaway sentence. Right? You know, you've got the whole like, like birth, nativity account of Jesus, and it's all great and happy. And then suddenly you have this one little sentence, which could be lost if it were not so important. The sentence reads, After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The sentence is the account of the naming and circumcision of Jesus Christ. In its simplicity, it tells us that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. And what nation does that make him a part of? Jewish, Jewish, that's right. He was an Israelite. This circumcision uh, on the eighth day was a critical part of Jewish culture, and it was done according to the command of the Lord in Genesis uh, when he called Abraham to be the beginning of his nation. That was the sign. It was designed, and it was supposed to be, an outward sign of a life that was going to be different on the inside. That's what circumcision was designed to be. That was the purpose of it. Uh, I know it's a painful subject sometimes to talk about, but that's what it was supposed to be about, was uh, this outward sign of an inward transformation. Now, that's the easy part of this sentence. The rest of it gets a little complicated, so bear with me through it. Now, in Judaism, this act of identifying a male by the act of circumcision was always combined with the naming of that child. Now, the boy's identity and his faith in this combination of things were going to be intimately tied together forever, right? Circumcision and naming came together. The naming of a child in Judaism was a family event as well. The child was often given a name that has some significance in the family, right? And we're not completely removed from this, are we? Anyone have a name that bears some family significance in their life? Yeah, maybe you're a second or a third, or, or maybe you've got like a great aunt's name or something like that. We often do this today still. We, we give our children, or we have received a name that has some significance for the family. Now, sometimes it's different, but sometimes it is that way still. Now, in Judaism, it was very, very important that it happened this way. We see this happen in John the Baptist. Remember when he is born, they want to name him after his father? And they're all upset when they want to name, when he's named something else, when he's named John. But in Jesus' case, there's a problem with this pattern, right? If you get a name that comes from your father's side of the family, who's Jesus going to be named after? Who's his dad? Joseph, but who's his dad? God. That's right. And so what's Jesus' name going to be? God, yeah, not God Jr., right? That's the complexity. I mean, you laugh, but that's the hard thing, right? Who is Jesus going to be named after? Who's this significant person on his father's side that he's going to have his name? 
It's complicated. Instead of following the pattern then of carrying someone's name in your family before you, Jesus will rather be named for what he is to do. And so he is given the name Jesus, which means God saves. Jesus is not named according to heredity, but named according to the plan that he has for his life, which is that God is going to save. Now, interestingly, according to our passage, where does this name come from, Jesus? Who's the one who gives him this name? The angel. And where does the angel get the name from? God, that's right. So he is still named by his father. It still comes from the Father. It still comes from God. It's beautiful because Jesus is named God saves by his Father, who is God himself. He is identified as a person of Israel in the circumcision, and yet he is so much more than a member of the tribe of Israel. He's the Savior of it. And he is so much more than just the Savior of Israel because he is the Savior of the whole world. This is the significance of this feast day which we celebrate today. This is the significance of the feast of the holy name. It is a day that looks to a savior who took on flesh and was born as a young Israelite to redeem the whole world. Now, our birth certificates that we have only dimly reflect the reality of identity and nationality. But this has no great significance beyond that. No, like, eternal consequence to it, right? I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, I've got, I'm holding on to somebody's Donald James Hall, who is not even around anymore, right? So what does the birth certificate mean? It has no eternal significance. But something greater is being pointed to by this birth certificate. It looks forward to uh, what Jesus says in the gospel or in the revelation of John when he says that God himself will write his name upon us when we believe and he will make us citizens of heaven. Right? There is something greater that the birth certificate points to. There is something greater that the circumcision and naming and Judaism points to. And that is that God calls us into relationship with him. And when we come into relationship with him, we receive his name upon us, and we are made citizens of heaven. This promise implies that wherever we came from, whatever our name might be, God will give us a new beginning in Jesus Christ. He will give us a new citizenship that cannot be taken away. Now this New Year's, a lot of us are probably thinking about new beginnings, right? We might have made New Year's resolutions. And what do those often apply to, those New Year's resolutions? Change. That's right. We're going to make a change, right? This next year is going to be different, right? Whatever it's going to be, you know, we're going to go to the gym nine days a week. We're going to, you know, do all the... We've always got some kind of grand plan. I've kind of given up at this point. But many of us have grand plans, right, about how our life is going to be different in this new year. But you know what? There is one thing which will change our lives this new year, and that is to leave behind the brokenness of the past and to take up the name of God that is available to us when we turn to him in faith. The beautiful thing about this promise is that it's not only for us once in our lives, 
Right? We have a tendency to think about a relationship with Jesus Christ as kind of having a, a starting point, and then after that it's all kind of the same. But really, this relationship with God is about renewing that relationship day after day. And he promises us, indeed scripture says to us, that his mercies are new every morning. That is the promise that we live in as Christians. We don't only look back to that time when we came into relationship with God. We look to today when we reestablish that relationship with him. When we tell him, today, Lord, I love you. Today, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done, and I accept your forgiveness. Today, Lord, I live in your grace. That is the promise that God offers us today. So this New Year's, let's accept that free gift from him. Let's accept his forgiveness, his mercy, and his love. And let's start afresh today. And may this day and the year that follows be a year of great transformation and growth in our life as we serve our Lord, who is named on this day that we celebrate, God saves. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you save. We thank you that you do come and rescue us, Lord. We thank you that you came into this world, that you broke into humanity, Lord, that you took on flesh, and Lord, that you died for our sins, so that through faith in you we might have eternal life and also a new name, a name that is pure, spotless, without blemish, Lord. And we accept this free gift from you. We turn over our junk to you, Lord, and pray that you would forgive us for it. Lord, and we, in return, we accept your love and your forgiveness. May this day be a new day for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.